Hey, would you guys show your appreciation? Man, it's been a joy to be able to uh, be here with you this weekend and to be able to work uh, with these guys up here uh, as we lead in worship and we lead in teaching of God's Word. So here's what I want you to do. If you have your copy of God's Word or if you're going to use the Bible in the uh, backs of those pews, you go ahead and grab your Bibles. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 is where we're going to be tonight. If you're using that black Bible in the pew, I believe it's going to be on page 819 is where we are going to be. So you go ahead, find your way there. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 is where we're going to be. But as you are making your way there, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my dog. Her name is Jasmine. She is an eight-month, going on nine-month, golden doodle and i'll have a picture of uh jazzy there she is yes that was her about a month ago maybe about a month and a half ago uh anybody familiar with shaggy da which is an old tv show by the way shaggy da this was jasmine okay shaggy da she's full of life energetic loves being around the house loves people, loves our little chihuahua, and our little chihuahua can't stand Jasmine. I mean, we have a little chihuahua. His name is Rico. We're not going to show you Rico because he's ugly, all right? He just is not photogenic at all. Rico, if we didn't think Rico could bark until we got Jasmine. When we got Jasmine, there, all of a sudden, Rico went from a mute dog to a dog that could bark. It was amazing. I'm like, he's healed, okay? And so Jasmine um, is just this beautiful dog that I get to enjoy, that Lisa gets to enjoy, and she's got a bark, and she's awesome. We love having her. Well, as you can tell, she is full of hair, at least in this picture. What you can't see is the fact that she's got all this puppy fur on her, and underneath all that puppy fur, there's some mats going on, okay? And she's in desperate need of grooming at this point, all right? Well, matter of fact, her ears, you can't even see her ears because she has so much hair going on, but inside her ears, she had more hair in her ears than a 90-year-old man has hair in his ears. I mean, it's that crazy hair, all right? It's ridiculous. So Lisa got to this point. She said, look, you have got to take her to the groom, the, to the groomer, and get her taken care of. I said, yes, ma'am. Got it. So I take Jasmine to the groomer and set an appointment, and the people say, hey, look, the groomer's going to come out, kind of go over with you what to expect, and just tell you what she thinks needs to be done. I said, okay, no problem. So I show up for the grooming appointment. It's more about coaching me on what to expect. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. So the lady comes out and she is, um, well, she's not your typical hairstylist, okay? She's not your typical hairstylist that you would find in a barbershop. She works in a veterinary office, okay? And she looks like she's been grooming dogs for quite a while, all right? So she's 
got dog hair on her. I mean, she's kind of unkempt. She comes out, and so I didn't really know what to think of this lady. They had no idea what to really think of who this person was that was going to be coming out and coaching me on what we were going to do to Jasmine. Well, so I was a little concerned. Like, what is she going to do? So I'm sitting across the room from this lady. Jasmine just loves this lady. So she just goes over to this lady and just jumps up in her lap. And this lady's playing with Jasmine, and they're just having a good old time. And so the lady begins to tell me, this is what we're going to need to do. She's got a lot of mats going on. We're going to need to clip her. And really, the truth is, we just need to shave her, just all of it. I think we can kind of save some of the hair on the tail and everything. Well, listen, I'm like, okay, so I'm beginning to be won over by this lady. And before I know it, I'm moving from one side of the lobby, and I am now kneeling at this lady's feet, okay? And I'm just listening to everything that's coming out of her mouth. And I'm like, okay, that sounds good. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, you, I get it. She, then she says, listen, your dog is not going to be the same when you come pick her up. Okay, I, I get it. She's going to have her hair cut. So I leave her, and this is what she looks like now. <laughs> Crazy, right? I mean... She's bald, just like me, okay? <laughs> it was awesome, and I can see her eyes, and she actually has a black nose. I mean, it was just awesome to see the kind of change that took place in Jasmine's life and in my life, really. So anyway, so she did a great job on Jasmine, but before I left and before Jasmine went back into the back and was going through her grooming process, I noticed on the lady's shirt her name it was spelled c-e-r-a and i'm going how how do you pronounce your name i didn't know if it was kara or sarah or i was like how do you pronounce your name and she said you pronounce it sarah you pronounce it sarah like triceratops yeah my daddy was a paleontologist and he named me after a dinosaur now i'm really won over by this lady okay Wow, she is like named after a dinosaur. Incredible. So this lady won me over. She won my trust. It was incredible. And then I get my dog back. And that's what she looks like now. Now, or hopefully, and then I, and I brought her, when I brought Jasmine home, Lisa goes, is she going to be ready for the pictures come December? I'm like, yeah, she'll be fine. No problem. Don't worry about it. All right. But the fact of the matter is, is this lady won me over. I didn't really know what to think about her at first, but this lady won me over. It was awesome. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, what we're going to find out is, is that in this passage, the Apostle Paul unpacks the story of how we have been won by God, how we've been won over by God, and what we are now purposed so in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we're going to start in verse 15, then we're going to go to verse 17, 18, 19, 20, and 21, and we're just going to walk through the scripture, okay? So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15, let's start there. He, that being Jesus Christ, died for everyone. Now let me stop right there. Let me stop right there and ask the question, 
Why did Jesus die? Okay. Typical answer is yes, you're right. And everybody in this room, if I were to go down the road and ask you, why did Jesus die? Why did Jesus die for you? Probably everybody is going to say, he died on the cross for my sin, right? That's a normal, typical answer. But here's what I think we as the church have done to you as students. Here's what I think we as the church, not just here, but I'm talking about the church everywhere. We have left it at that. And we have done you a disservice by just telling you that Jesus died on the cross for your sin. Because Jesus died on the cross for your sin, yes, that's true. But Jesus died for way more than just that. And that's what we're going to dive into. He died for way more than just so that your penalty would be paid for. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we see exactly what God wants us to know and to hear about why Jesus died. Check this out. He died for everyone. Who's everyone? Every person. Every person. He died on the cross for the sins of the world. So that, Scripture says, those who receive His new life, follow along, those who will receive His new life, will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Now I'm reading from a translation called the New Living Translation. It may be a little different. This is ESV. But Jesus died for everyone so that those who receive His new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Here's the deal, y'all. Jesus died for more than just your penalty. Jesus died so that you would live, so that you would have abundant life, so that you would have a life that is beyond anything you can ever hope for or imagine. That's why Jesus died. And not only that, but the life that you would live, it's his life that is now in you, that is now being lived out through you. That's the power of the gospel. The power of the gospel is that your sins are paid for, your penalty has been paid for, yes, but there is so much more because now that Jesus not only died, but there is also the resurrection of Jesus from the, from the grave, from the dead, so that that new life that he now has now lives in you and that new life that now lives in you is now fleshed out through you that has an impact on the entire world. That's why Jesus died. He didn't die just for your penalty. He died that you would live. He died so that you could experience life abundantly so that you would have hope, so that you would have peace, so that you would be prepared to make an impact 
on those who need to receive that gift of life that Jesus gives. That's why Jesus died. Jesus died so that you'll no longer live for you. If you're living for yourself, listen, that's a dead-end road. That's a dead-end road. You have a purpose, and that purpose, we talked about it this morning, that purpose is to please the Lord. That's your one and only purpose in this life. And the only way you can please the Lord is by faith. And as you, by faith, are pleasing the Lord, guess what? You're not living for yourself. You're living for Jesus. And that's what he died on the cross for. He died on the cross to pay the penalty for your sin so that you would live for him, so that you would please the Lord. So as you live for Jesus and as Jesus lives through you, guess what? You're pleasing the Lord. It's not that complicated. It's not about so much what you do as much as how you honor and you worship the Father in the way that you live your life. And if you're struggling with what you think is wise or unwise or right or wrong or whatever, just simply ask the question, hey, is what I'm about to do the wise thing to do? And if it is not wise, then you know what your answer is. Don't do it. That's a great way to please the Lord. But you please the Lord by faith. Jesus died so that you can live. He died so that you can speak for him. You've been empowered with this message, this incredible message that God has given to you. We're going to see that here in just a second. He died so that you would become new. Your old is gone. Your new has come. He died so that you would belong to the family. So here's the deal. Jesus died for more than just your penalty. He died to bring your dead self back to life. That's what he died for. He died to bring your dead self back to life. Verse 17, check this out. This means, now let's stop right there. Okay, this means, so that means we're going to listen up. We just heard this statement of why Jesus died. We just heard this. Now we're going to, this means, so based on what we've just heard, based on what we've just discovered here in that verse, in chapter, in, in verse 15, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ, so anyone, circle it, bold it, highlight it, write it down. You are that anyone. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is now gone, and a new life has begun. In other words, you have been made new. You've been made new. The old is gone, and the new's come. So as you think about that passage, as you think about where you are in your own life, Are you still living in the old life? Or have you experienced the new life? Are you living in that new life? Where are you in that, in those columns, if you want to use columns? Are we in the old life? Or are we in the new life? Listen, if you belong to Jesus, you're a new person. Your old self is gone. And your new self is here. Man, that is beautiful. So whatever 
jacked up mistakes that you've made, they have been paid for. You're a new person. You're a new person every single day. And to belong to Jesus means that you become new. To belong to Jesus is to experience this new life. To belong to Jesus is is to say bye-bye to the old self. The bye-bye, just it's out the door. It's gone, okay? It has left the building. It's out of here. And to belong to Jesus is to say bye-bye to the old self and to say hello to the new self. Because he makes you new. And to belong to Jesus is to belong to God's family as an heir. And what does that mean? That means that you stand to inherit something that is worth eternity, which is priceless. It's priceless. That's what you stand to inherit. You stand to inherit a place in heaven that Jesus right now is preparing for you and is waiting right now to hear the the Father's voice say, all right, it's time to go get them. It's time to go get them. Bring them back home. So right now, Jesus is preparing your place in heaven. And he wants you to be with him. And he's waiting for the Father to say, go get them and let's bring them home. But the only way you're coming home, the only way you're coming back is if you've been brought back. If you've come back to the Father. That's it. And a person can only be made new by belonging to Jesus. That's it. That's it. So verse 17 This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old is gone, the new has come. A new life has begun. Verse 18. And all of this, let me stop right there. What is all of this? What is all of this? What is it? I mean, God has lavished on you and me. He has lavished on us gifts of grace, His love, His mercy, His forgiveness, Man, it's like he has, like going back to that story in the prodigal son when he sees the son coming from afar off and he gets up and he runs to his son. He embraces his son. He kisses his son. That's exactly what God is doing right here. Okay. God has lavished on us gifts of grace, eternal life, forgiveness, new life, hope, peace, faith. And here's the thing. It was not given to you without a significant cost. And that significant cost was the death of his son, Jesus. And God has robed you with new life. He has kissed you with forgiveness. He has blessed you with his mercy. He has embraced you with hope. He has covered you with his love. Matter of fact, the scripture says that love covers a multitude of sin. That's exactly what God does for us. He takes our sin and he covers it with his love. Not that he ignores it. No, He just covers it with his love because God's grace is greater than our sin and it will always be greater than our sin. There's no way any person could ever out God's grace. Now, it doesn't give you a license to go and do whatever it is that you want to do and try to sin as much as you want to sin and 
live your life the way that you want to live your life just so that you can get more grace. No, it doesn't operate like that. Okay? But here's the thing. No matter what you've done in this life, no matter what you will do in this life, is God's grace is greater still. It's greater. And like the Father who embraced, kissed, ran to, hugged, threw a party, that's exactly what God does for us. Exactly what God does for us. So all of that, thinking about all of that, all of that is a gift. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. You can't just come to God and say, God, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Just take me on as a hired servant and I'll work for you. No. God says, I don't want that for you. I want, I want you to be my, my child, my son, my daughter. So here, let me put this on you. And he embraces you with that love. Let me put this on you. And he kisses you with that forgiveness that you need. And he doesn't just do it once. He does it time and time and time again. It's what he does. And it's a gift. It's a gift from God, the Bible says, who brought us back. Okay? He brought us back. Now, there's a big word. When we're talking about brought us back, you can use the word reconciliation. I think that, in the, yeah, right here. So it says, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So who through Christ reconciled us. That word reconciled means, here's another big word, propitiation. Big word, okay? I know. You're like, what? Who's pitching what? Okay? This isn't a baseball game. But listen, here's the deal. That word propitiation, that word reconciled means to win back. So basically what this passage is saying is that God, who through Jesus Christ, won us back to himself. He won us back through Christ to himself. He brought us back to himself through Christ. And here's the kicker. And he's given us this task of winning back people to him. He's given us this task of reconciling people back to him. He's, go back to that last passage on verse 18. He's given us this ministry of reconciliation. So God has reconciled us, okay? He's won us back. And for those of us who belong to Jesus, we're made new. Not only are we made new, but now we have this new message. We have this new word that God's given us. And He's given us this ministry of winning other people back for Him. That's His purpose for us. So verse 19, check it out. For God, okay, for God was in Christ. Here, what we see, that is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. Let me stop right there for just a second. So, God was in Christ. Think about that. Deep thought, I know, okay? God, our Heavenly Father, was in Christ, the Son, doing what? Winning back the world. For who? And to who? Who was he winning, who was he winning people back? He was winning 
people back to himself. In other words, God wants you. He wants you. He loves you. He's got a plan. He's got a purpose for you. If you belong to Jesus, it's more than just Him paying for your penalty. It's now Him living in you and through you because He's no longer counting people's sins against them and He has entrusted to us that message to share with our friends and with our families to win people back. It's an incredible purpose. It's an incredible message to see this. For God was in Christ working, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. That's the best thing that we can ever hear in God's word. Think about that. Think about it. Think about every sin you've ever done. Think about every sin you could ever do. And God no longer counts that against you. Mind-blowing. It should be. That's grace. That's grace. And God's grace is abundant. God's grace, you can't earn it. But it's by grace, through faith, that you can be saved. It's the only way. That's it. Because God was working in Christ, who was working to reconcile the world to God, and God no longer counts our sins against us, and now He's given us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So, verse 20 says this, We are Christ's ambassadors. God is making His appeal through us, we speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Check it out. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ and God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Jesus, be reconciled to God. In other words, come back to God. We implore you. We encourage you. We want you to experience the new life that we get to experience on behalf of Jesus. In other words, you guys get to speak for Jesus. He's given you a message. He's empowered you with a message. You, 13-year-old, 14-year-old, 15-year-old, 18-year-old, 19, 20, 30, 40, 50, however old you are, God has given us that message right there to tell people that God wants them back. God wants them back. Well, why should I come back to God? We talked about this yesterday, last night. Why should I come back to God? Well, we've all heard this weekend, man, God loves us. 
If you haven't heard that God loves you, you haven't been listening. Okay. If you have not heard that this week, you have not been in tune with what God's doing and what God's speaking to you. Okay. God loves you. Why should you come back to God? Because God does not count your sins against you. God doesn't want you to die. God wants to speak through you. God wants you to be with him. In other words, God wants you back. And he wants the people in your life to know him. So the question is this, is how does God get you back? Well, I want to unpack something for you. This is a, this is a message that you can share with people. It's called the four. Check this out. Is it up there? There we go. So you've got these four icons. I'll give you a little kind of a pretest, kind of see where you are. What do you think the heart means? Love, yes. Who loves you? God does. Let's talk about the division symbol. What do you think the division symbol means? Sin divides us, yes. Sin divides us from who? Exactly. It separates us. In other words, sin brings death into the relationship that we have with God. What do you think the cross means? Hmm? What do you think it means? Okay, so yes, he is a bridge, but Christ died on the cross for our sin, but also so that we would live, right? The question is this, will you trust him? Will you trust Christ? It's a simple way to share the gospel with your friends. Simple way. It's called the four. Heart, God loves you. Division, sin separates you. Cross, Jesus rescues you. He rescues you. If you've ever been rescued, you know that somebody had to pay a price, risk their life, and to save you from whatever was about to destroy your life. Jesus rescues you. And the question is, is will you trust him? Simple, simple, simple. In other words, when you ask that question, will you trust him? You're saying, will you come back? Will you come back? Will you Come back to God. That's how a person can come back. That's how God gets people back. Is His love overcoming sin through the cross and the invitation to trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Simple as that. That's it. Now, verse 21. God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. The big story in all of this, y'all, is that we are made right with God. That's the big story. Is that God 
in Christ makes us right. Your story, however, is how Jesus made you and continues to make you right with God. And that's the story that you share and encourage people with to come back to God. Because Jesus died for more than just a penalty. He died to bring your dead self to life. Jesus didn't die to make bad people good. Jesus died to make dead men live. The question is this. Do you want to live? Do you want to live? Let me go back to Sarah for just a second. Shortly after my experience there at the dog groomer, I was sent an email saying, hey, would you fill out this review? Would you give us a review? Now, I don't know if you've ever been asked to do a review, but normally, for those of you adults in the room, if you get an email saying, hey, would you review us, what do you normally do with your email? Delete. 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 Man, I ain't going to take no time to fill out that stupid review. No, I ain't doing it. Do you think I did that? Nope. No, I wanted to celebrate what Sarah had done for me because I really was impressed and she won me over. And I wanted to make sure that I talked about what she had done for me. And point people back to her so that people would use her as their choice groomer. That's what I wanted to be able to do. So I took the time and I talked about Sarah in that review because I want to win people for somebody like that. But here's the thing. It's the same thing with God. And Paul is using this same principle in 2 Corinthians 5. You see, we have been reconciled to God and now we have this message of reconciliation to share with other people. We've been made right with God and we can now lead others to be made right with God. We have a great joy and now we can share that great joy with others who need it. We have been won back to God and now you have been won back so that you can win other people. That is what God has empowered you to be able to do. He's given you His message to share with people. He's given you and He's empowered you because He's won you. And now, after He's won you back, now it's time to go and win other people back. So as the band comes back to lead us in our closing song of worship, I want to give us some things to consider, okay? And maybe you need to come here and pray. Maybe you need to talk to some people. Here's what I want to leave you with. Number one, maybe you've been struggling in your faith and you've been resisting this, yeah, I don't know if I really want to come back to God or not. 
Maybe tonight is your night to say, I'm coming back. I'm coming back, God. I'm coming back to you. You've won me over. Man, the messages, the word that we've been in, the songs that we've sung, the conversations that we've had in our groups, man, all of these things, you, God, have been working in me and through me so that, all right, so that you have won me back. You've done all that. Maybe tonight's your night just to be won back and you're saying, I'm coming back, God. That's number one. Secondly, is this maybe you have people in your life that you know that need to be won back maybe their faces are coming to mind right now you see them you see them in the hallways at your school you talk to them but you've never really had a conversation about where they're at spiritually And maybe it's time, maybe it's you that God wants to use to encourage that friend to say, hey, why don't you come back to God and experience this life that I have? Because it's Jesus' life in me, and it's Jesus' life that's working through me that gives me the peace, the hope, the grace, everything that I need. That God in Christ has embraced me with His love. He has kissed me with His forgiveness. He has ran after me. And He has picked me up and He has loved me deeply. Maybe God wants you to be that person that runs after that person, runs after that friend, and embraces that person with God's forgiveness, that loves that person with God's love that kisses that person maybe not literally with God's forgiveness so we're going to sing this run to the father song again I think it's a great song for us to close with Maybe you need to run back to the Father. Don't just stand there. Run back to Him. Maybe you need to run to the Father and you need to specifically be in prayer for one of your friends who needs to run back to the Father. And you pray on their behalf. And then after you pray, you find a way to go and share with them the incredible message of God's love, His grace, and His forgiveness. So as you stand with us, and as we close in this closing song of Run to the Father, um, here's what I'd like for us to do. Um, maybe our group leaders, if you guys all might want to just, maybe you just come down here to the front group leaders over here to the sides over here. Um, any adults in the rooms, if y'all want to just kind of stand, I know we're calling an audible there, but maybe adults, you guys maybe just stand on the sides. Okay. Maybe up here, wherever. And listen, 
If God's moving in your heart and you need to specifically pray for somebody or you need to return to the Father, you've got people in this room that love you deeply and that want to encourage you, bless you, pray for you, and help you in your return to the Father and help your friends in return to the Father. Jesus, thank you for doing a mighty work in our lives and through our lives. Thank you for winning us back so that we can win other people back. Thank you for embracing us with your love. Thank you for kissing us with your forgiveness. Thank you for running after us, for pursuing us with your grace that will always outpace our sin. We love you, Jesus, and we commit our time to you now as we respond in running to the Father. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and worship. And you you move as God works in your heart.